welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Uh, Great week. Our thanks to Andy Staples uh, for joining us and uh, for you, the listeners, for hanging in. Uh, it was uh, – keep, keep downloading that, by the way. It was a great conversation, and, you know, why not? Uh, anyway, Barton Simmons, Tom Fernelli, how we doing? Oh, what a good number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom McFornelli and uh, Barton Simmons, we've got, uh, we've got a, a week ahead on the locks where uh, – but how about this? Out the gate, is anybody going Thursday night games? Because we got five games on Thursday night. And before we do our review, I want to make sure that people get a chance to get to it if they want it. No, I have a, but, I, I have a Friday night game. Cool. I have a Friday night game as well. But I just, I just want to say, too, if you're going to have five games on a Thursday night, can you not play all five of them at the same time? What's oh, the point? I just realized that. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, what's the point of playing your game on a Thursday night if you're playing at the same time as four other games? Not even like a nine thirty nightcap. Just, no, yeah, that's that's rough. That's that's poor planning by everybody. Well, Somebody needs to be fired. I don't know who I, I don't know who I blame for that. Someone's someone's to blame though. We need a college football commissioner to blame them for these things. Um, that's 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 the reason why college football actually doesn't have a commissioner. Everyone always says <laughs> that that we want it, but because the whole sport is based on arguing and blaming people and calling everyone biased, no one actually wants to be the commissioner. I mean, I'll do it. I figure it's probably like a seven-figure-a-year salary. And you already get yelled at enough yeah. on Twitter. Won't change my life at all. I'll just have <laughs> money. That's all Roger Goodell does. He just gets paid uh, to get blamed. Mm-hmm. And he does a good job doing it. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. It's really good. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's let's get into it to review uh, the, the week eight. We had a uh, pretty good week, I guess. Um, everyone's still above 500. Uh, the syndicate as a whole, 90 and 76 on the season. It's a 54% winning percentage. It was a uh, five and one week for your boy. So uh, we're just, we're keeping it rolling there. Plus four. Uh, we will. He's on fire. Yeah. Regression's coming. Always watch your back. Um, right, let's review real quick. The loss was NC State plus 18. And that was uh, an L that I had to hold. I had to hold that one and I had to accept it. Because I was going, on, I was the sucker who basically took the bait uh, when Vegas was telling me, uh, "Nah, Clemson's about three touchdowns better." But uh, we we take our lessons, we learn them, and we'll see if there's any adjustments as we move forward. Particularly with Clemson, Florida State coming up, Purdue plus thirteen. Oh, that's that's a win that was just uh, glorious all the way through. Particularly as they jumped out to that lead against Ohio State. The under 44.5 against Duke, Virginia was a sweat. That total came in at 42 at a 28-14 result, Virginia winning in Durham. The under 68 in Washington State, Oregon, that's another win, but that was a sweat. Uh, I needed Washington State to uh, be totally shut down on offense as Oregon came alive to be able to get that one in, but we did. Uh, Auburn minus three and a half. That was a win. That was our U N I T Y and uh, the pick from the dentist. So, uh, by the way, Barton, do we have any dentist picks coming up later? Uh, the dentist has a teaser he likes, but <laughs> he uh, he has no he has no dental locks 
this week. He has two games he's eyeing for next weekend. So you know how the dentists do. Like they, they work like three days a week. They play golf one day a week, and then they spend a, you know a Friday focusing on their gambling. And uh, he, he works a couple weeks in advance. I, I love the fact that he has become a character on this podcast because now we have listeners who are saying, I wish my dentist was providing the winners like Barton's dentist is. So yeah, uh, yeah. Flip if, the pressure's on now, we'll see if you can keep delivering. All right. And, uh, and UConn plus 34, too many doggone points. UConn did not get the win, but boy, they came close and the 34 is never in doubt. That's a five in one week plus four for the week plus seven on the season, 31 and 24. Uh, next we go to Barton NC state plus 18. You were with me on the loss Purdue plus 13. You were with me on the win Arizona state plus two and a half, uh, tough loss there. That was a a rock fight of a game. Yeah. I don't regret that play. I mean, they they were clearly the better team in the first half. They had like a stupid, you know, wide receiver pass turnover deep in Stanford territory. And then Stanford just started grinding it out. So, you know, win some, lose some. Uh, Nebraska minus three and a half. If someone was going to cash in on Scott Frost's first win as the Nebraska Cornhuskers head coach, it had to be Barton Simmons, and you were right there with him. Felt good, yeah. didn't it? Too bad there's no Bethune Cookman line this week. I just, <laughs> you know, keep it rolling. What would all right? So would that be like forty nine and a half if they made us pick it in the expert picks? Do you think that they would cover that? I don't know. I might keep take Bethune Cookman. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Auburn minus three and a half, as we mentioned, uh, that was the lock unity. That was a win. UConn plus 34, also a win. And then Kentucky minus 11. That's a loss. So that's that's the only play I kind of regret playing. That was probably, probably wasn't smart. Uh, four and three on the week, plus one, plus four on the season, 28 and 24. Now, Tom, once our leader leading the way, tough week, Memphis plus 10. Uh, that was a loss. Memphis, Memphis is not to be trusted at all never again never again no i think i've sold uh i've sold any interests in uh in memphis at this point in the season mississippi state plus six and a half uh that is also a loss thanks to about i don't know there were maybe nine end zone interceptions in that game thrown by nick fitzgerald (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it was a frustrating game to watch yeah lsu's dbu got the uh the, the edge in that one uh under 41 and a half michigan michigan state Oh boy, just beautiful, right? What a layup that was. Never <laughs> even in question. Uh, USC plus seven. That is a lot. Wait, yo, USC. Wait, wait which yeah, USC result was you, this week? USC jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead in that game, and then didn't score again the rest of the night. <laughs> and that was uh, and that was the game where JT Daniels uh got knocked out with a concussion, mm-hmm. and then uh. The boy Matt Fink came in and broke his rib, not laughing at broken ribs. I'm sorry. They shouldn't have done that. But uh, yeah, that's tough. Under 60 and a half in Houston Navy. That was a loss. Still waiting for a tackle to be made in that game. <laughs> Auburn minus three and a half, as we mentioned. That's a win. Uh, the under 57 and a half in Illinois, Wisconsin was a loss. The under in a blizzard. The under 46 in Maryland, Iowa was a win. Um, the, that's three, three and five for the week, minus two for the week, 31 and 28 plus three. So once again, we're at plus seven units, plus four units, plus three units. Um, that's, man, we're just, we're just out here giving out good advice. So, uh, for pacing purposes, 
How many how many logs do y'all have waiting to put on the fire? I have eight. I'm pretty heavy this week. <laughs> yes. All right. Y'all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five-star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. And... We're going to begin uh, with the ABC 8 o'clock game, and uh, I think that this is going to be a spot where you have to make uh, – you've got to make a bet on what you think this Texas Longhorns team is going to be, and I think that this Texas Longhorns team, even playing on the road, is a touchdown better than Oklahoma State. Now, am I very prepared for very Texas-esque and even Tom Herman-esque upset scares? Yes, do I think that this game could potentially be tied uh, into the fourth quarter? Absolutely. I mean, I could see this being one of those uh, lower scoring games for the Longhorns, as they've they've had a couple of those that they've come up on the right side of this season. And I I am looking, regardless of what our Sam Ellinger status is, and I think that it's probably pointing towards him playing. I think that I've seen some things in in the way that. Uh, the offense is slowly coming along, and I am very, very unimpressed with Oklahoma State. I If this thing jumped above four, I would get a little bit nervous, but at three and a half, again, I'm, I'm feeling like this is a seven-point Texas win, and I feel like what we're seeing here in this line is the idea that Oklahoma State's going to be a tough place to play at night and that Oklahoma State, while, yes, very good coaching staff, but that they might be carrying over some of the reputation from previous Cowboys teams when I find the 2018 Cowboys to be a decided step back. So my first lock will be Texas minus three and a half at Oklahoma State. Chip, things got a little mushy last week. There was a lot of lock agreement between you and I. Um, got a little bit too close for comfort there. I'm going to try to st- try to take a step back, keep you at arm's length, and, and I am challenging you to a lock fight in this fight, one. Fight, 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 fight. I am going yes. Oklahoma State plus three and a half. Enough of the lovey-dovey stuff. It's time to get back into competitive mindset. The Cowboys, I think, could upset Texas and – and I, I like t- catching three points. So here's my thought process. A, if Sam Ellinger plays, he is going to be limited. Mm. He just won't be as physical as we're used to seeing him. If Shane Buchel plays, then that element of the game is sort of gone. Yes, they can still throw the ball, but the the, the quarterback run game will look very different under Shane Buchel. Uh I look at Oklahoma State, and I still think that they are really good throwing the football, have really good skill talent. I think that this Texas team, while they have some playmakers in the in the secondary, they, they still have a tendency to allow big plays. They just they'll make up for it for with by making some big plays. I just think from a from a matchup standpoint, Oklahoma State has some some things that Texas will struggle with. And I think Texas, this is, a, this is the, the prototypical, if we're going to say Tom Herman wins the big game, 
yeah, he also overlooks the games he should win from time to time, too. I think this is that spot. It's at night. It's it's on the road. It's the ABC game. It's just – I just think this is going – This you know, I, bottom line is I don't think Texas is going to win out. And so where – this is as good a spot as any for them to, to stumble. And so give me Oklahoma State plus three and a half. Tom, do you have a play on this? I do. Oh, wow. But it's not on the spread. Oh, that's fine. I, I like I like having a lot of skin in this yeah, game. Yeah, we've got a lot of action in this game. So the three of us, I'm sure, will be paying close attention to it. I'm actually on the under 59 and a half. Mm. When it comes to the spread, I, I lean towards Barton's side. I, I am concerned about Texas in this game. I think that Oklahoma State is not at home on a Saturday night against Texas. I feel like this is a this is a good spot for the Cowboys. But for me, I just look at this game and I see an Oklahoma State offense that goes along with your pick, Chip, that hasn't been the same offense that we've grown accustomed to seeing in recent years. I mean, this is a team that the last three seasons has averaged at least 35 points a game, and that includes more than 40 in both 2015 and 2017. And it's scoring only 29.8 points per game this year. And then there's Texas's offense, which had a huge game against Oklahoma, but overall has been much more about efficiency than explosiveness. So I see this as being a game that's, you know, not going to be, I feel like the total here of 59 and a half is probably more in line with the Oklahoma state of old that we would expect to see and maybe not going to see this season. And also just furthermore, the under is four and one in the last five meetings between these two. The under is six and one when Oklahoma state's been an underdog the last three seasons. And the under is six and one when Texas has been a road favorite the last three seasons. So I'm not, I'm more on Oklahoma state side of the spread and I wouldn't be shocked at all if Oklahoma state wins this game outright. I just, I'm more comfortable with the under in this matchup than anything. That's uh, I I'm, I'm with you. I think like, my my pick has this being a game that could even be decided in the twenties. That's that would be fine with me. Twenty eight, twenty four, something like Give that. Give it to me. Let's give go. it to me. Um. All right, Barton. You said you had a Friday night game, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get the Friday night action out of the way. Let's go to Chestnut Hill, boys. No, oh, wow. You're uh, gonna get in on it. You in on it? I'm not in on it. It scared oh. me. All right. I'm in on it. I, I I'm taking no chip. Can you take a guess? Oh, Boston College. Absolutely. A show. It's the play. It is, it me, is the play. Give me the weeknight home dog. <laughs> and the weeknight home dogs kind of kind of screwed me last week, Arizona State, even though they really look like the better team through a lot of that game. But I like Boston College here. Uh, I think they have they're, they're probably the best offense Miami has played. Uh, is that safe to say? Yep. Um, yeah. AJ Dillon's back, uh, or is expected to be back, anyways. Uh, they, I, I think, when you look at Miami offensively, they're really beat up. Like they, 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 they're sort of walking wounded right now. Um, their quarterback play has has no identity to it, um, and. I just think heading into this game, this matchup on the road at night, I mean, I'm a little bit worried about having the wake-up call against Virginia. Uh, but I just think Boston College, like my hunch is Boston College, this isn't that big of an upset. My hunch is Boston College is just a better team. Um, it's not looked pretty the last couple weeks against Florida State and Virginia for Miami. And 
Boston College, I think, has athletes on the defense. Offensively, that offensive line is one of the better in the country, probably. And I think they'll be able to handle Miami up front. Not, you know, not push them around, but just be able to at least deal with that havoc. And I, I, I like BC to win. So give me, the, give me, uh, give me C. Vidazio's crew. What's that number at? Plus two, two and a half, something like that? Uh, let me see. Three and a half is what Three I'm Three and saying. a half, yeah. Ooh. Tom, are you getting mm-hmm. in on it? I am in on the game. <laughs> Another under? Yeah, I wasn't really planning to open my game with <laughs> two unders, but yeah. <laughs> I'm on the uh the under fifty in this one. This is uh honestly, this is <laughs> I don't expect too many points to be played in this game for a lot of the reasons that Barton's on Boston College. I think that Boston College has the better offense and then probably if it's not even if you don't want to use the word better, I feel like it's the more reliable offense of these two right now because Miami's going back and forth between Malik Rozier and Nikosi Perry. And now Rozier's starting again, but Nikosi Perry's expected to play. So I expect there to be some inconsistency, but both are capable of turning the ball over. And then Boston College, I just think that, you know, it's it's a higher up-tempo offense than we're used to in previous years from Boston College, but it's still an offense that's based in running the ball, and it helps, you know, erode some of that clock, plus the fact it's a weeknight game always, always helps with unders. And then as far as Barton's pick, another reason to go with Boston College if you're betting the spread is that it's the red bandana game yeah. in Boston College. Ah, I didn't even done. know that. Yeah, they've traditionally done well during their red bandana game. So I'm expecting a bad night for Miami, which would only help contribute to my underplay. So well, yeah. well keep, keep in mind, too, that what BC's had some special teams issues this year, which has sort of given me some hesitation. But Miami's worse than BC on special teams. So that, that's that's not something that needs to slow me up in this one. So I, I, this is going to be – this isn't – this to me isn't even like some big – Oh, they're gonna catch them in the. I, I just think BC probably is a is a little bit better than Miami, particularly given some of the injuries Miami's had. Miami, and a lot. Some some of this is like you mentioned because of you know Amon Richards' career-ending injury. Like how are you, how are you gonna know that that's gonna happen? Injuries on the offensive line, losing more like like. But the you, you I thought Lorenzo you had Lingard's gone. Yeah, I mean it's just. It doesn't. They don't. They are. They were considered to potentially be an ACC championship contender coming into the year, and the reality at the end of October is they are a middle of the pack ACC team across the board. And I don't. I don't know who wins that division, and is the sacrificial lamb for Clemson and Charlotte. But uh, but yeah, there's there, there's not there's no confidence that Miami can go into Boston College, particularly on the Red Bandana game, uh, and cover a spread. All right, I got a Friday night game. How about uh, is it? Am, am I jumping in too late on a fade Wyoming train? Because I like Colorado State uh, minus two. I, I don't think it's ever too late to fade Wyoming <laughs> this year. I just think they are what they are. I don't think they're getting better, and I think that Colorado State probably wins this game at home against a bad Wyoming team. So at two points, let's go fire up Bobo. I don't hate it. You know, um, I just look. Wyoming has certainly been one of my big disappointments for my win totals plays. So, at this point, I've I've given up on the boys. And of course, and of course, that game is on the mothership, uh, CBS Sports Network. So tune in for uh, for all the goodness that you get uh, from there. 
Tom, you got any? You you. I actually took a note, a mental note from you on Colorado State at, at some point during our conversation, many conversations about college football spreads. Um, you is is this? A, am I wandering into dangerous territory here? I'm a. I'm. I'd be a little scared. It's <laughs> just not. Because- it's it, not that I'm worried about Wyoming. I'm just worried about relying on Colorado State. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, if you look at it, it's three wins this year have come against Arkansas, which is bad, San Jose State, which is god-awful, and then New Mexico at home, which is, you know, a perfectly acceptable win. And then last week they went to Boise State and got crushed again. So I just – I'm a little leery of relying on the on the Rams more than anything, but I don't think it's a bad pick. I'm just too scared to make it. Okay, Tom, back to you. Make, make a bold pick. I will make a bold pick. I am taking Texas A&M plus two and a half mm. against Mississippi State. What a pick. Uh, yeah, I got, as we talked earlier, I got burned by Mississippi State last week, but I swear this isn't about vengeance. It's just, if you look at the Bulldogs this year, they have played four SEC games. They won one of them against Auburn. I think, what was the final score, 23 to 10? 23 to something like that. They In their three losses... They've managed to score a total of 16 points. That's insane. I didn't. I didn't. That didn't dawn on me until I was doing research for these picks this week. And while they obviously have a very good defense, I I'm not ready to trust their offense to cover the spread as a favorite at home against a Texas A&M team that has proven to be pretty good. But in games against Clemson and games against Alabama and games, you know, it's the game against Kentucky was uglier than hell, and Kentucky never crossed the fifty, but Texas A&M kept them from crossing the fifty as well. And I just look at if you look at Mississippi State, I feel like this is also just a very bad matchup for them because they have no passing game. They, the team has a passing efficiency rating of a hundred. 108.91, which is worse than the SEC and ranks 120th nationally. But you know what their passing efficiency is against SEC teams? What? 63.79. That's not that's, good, by the way. I don't know how, how often our listeners lo- lo- look at pass efficiency, but that's pretty bad. That is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when they originally created the stat, it was designed that 100 would be average. And now, obviously, as passing games have improved, that 100 is no longer average. 100 is below average. So if you're at 63.79, you are scraping the absolute bottom of the barrel. That That's mind-bogglingly awful. So the Bulldogs, in order to move the ball, have to run the ball. But the problem for them here is that the Aggies have a very good run defense. They're only allowing 3.24 yards in the carry this season, which is 17th nationally and second in the SEC. And they've only given up five rushing touchdowns on the entire season, which is tied for seventh nationally. So I, where the hell is Mississippi State going to get its points? I don't think Texas A&M is going to be like, you know, marching up and down the field, putting up 40 points on Mississippi State itself. But I have a feeling that this is going to be kind of a low scoring kind of rock fight. And I just trust the Aggies to get points on the board more than I do the Bulldogs right now. So if you want to give me points with the Aggies, I'll take them. I'm surprised that you're on the side and not the total. I'm, I'm going to play this game, too. I'm going to go for a lot of the reasons that you just talked about. I'm going to go under. Welcome to the dark side. I'm seeing it. Hey, don't (laughs) worry, boys. Daddy's got some some overs coming later (laughs) in the show. Uh, But 44 and a half is is what I'm seeing. And I'm surprised it's not lower because the one thing Texas A&M does really well is stop the run. 
Mississippi State can't do anything but run. The the reason I'm I, I do think A&M is a better team, but I'm scared to play them because I just have a hard time seeing uh, Mississippi State just get swept. Basically, I know they beat Auburn, but Auburn's no good. I mean, but they basically are about to get swept in all of the sort of premier matchups in the SEC, and I just think their their defense is too good, and they've and and they're 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 just too good of a team to just lose all those. So I think A&M is the better team, but I'm scared to play A&M. I do think both teams are going to flex their defensive muscles. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play the under 44 and a half in this one. I mean. That's like that is the best sweat that you can have. Yeah. You know, under 44 and a half when 28-14s really like going to make you start feeling it in the fourth quarter. That's the good stuff right there. I'm proud I mean, of you. That's, that's what it's all about. Um all right, so we got the under 44 and a half for Mississippi State Texas A&M and Texas A&M plus 2 and a half from Tom. We will be going There's some that's like one of several games that seemed like very, very dastardly lines. Uh, but this one is not a dastardly line. This was one that I actually feel pretty good about. Talking about Wake Forest plus two and a half. Uh, it's because, I don't know if you boys remember, but ever since Wakey Leaks, I promised myself I was not going to pick against Dave Clawson going up against Louisville ever again. Wake Forest doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, big time rivals in the ACC. NC State's probably its closest. You know, they they get fired up when they play Duke or North Carolina as well, just from the in-state angle. But from a coaching staff perspective, I think Wake Forest wants nothing more than to be able to beat Bobby Petrino and that Louisville Cardinals team every single time. So from a rivalry, Wakey Leaks perspective especially with a short spread and a bad Louisville team. If motivation is a factor, give me the Demon Deacons plus two and a half. We have lock agreement. Ooh, yes. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I'm on wake plus two and a half as well in here. And while a lot of what you said has to do with it, another big reason I'm on this pick is because Louisville is bad. Louisville's bad. They should and not. Louisville should not be favored. They should not be favored. Yeah. They're the worst team in the ACC. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, it, if they're only favored because they're at home and that's the only way that they can get any action on the Cardinals because they figure the home team as a dog would get too much action. Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this game too, boys. Uh, and I am on the over siren here. <laughs> All right, let me sign it. Over siren. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> It, this all right. You guys realize that Wake Forest is basically like out of linebackers. Like they don't like they don't have any anymore. Like they're moving safeties to linebacker. They're pulling walk-ons a lot. Like they're out. They're just they're all injured. Their secondary has been horrible all year. And yet, I know how bad Louisville is. I I know how much I don't trust Brian Mangorda as a defensive coordinator. I know Louisville also has some receivers that can make some plays. There, I just don't see either of these teams really stopping each other that often. I, I don't have an opinion on the side. I just think there's going to be a lot of point scored, and especially like the style of Wake plays with, with just like they play, they have, 
they run like 100 plus plays a game. I just think uh, if you're going to do that and not protect your defense, who is just absolutely crippled right now, uh, give me, give me, you know, Bob Petrino figure out a way to get some points on the board. So over 65, I think, is the number I've seen. Uh, and uh, let's root for some points. I mean, as long as Wake scores more of them. Go Deeks! That's fine with me. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot of action. A lot of everyone's tuned into the same games. I like this. I like this a lot. Um, Barton, you said you're heavy. So let's. I'm going to kick it back to you. Okay. Um, let's, uh, before we get too deep in here, let's let's hit on the other big the weekend. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't care what we're supposed to call it. I still want to call it that. And the line I'm seeing is six and a half. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Give me the Gators. Give me the Gators Ooh. catching points. I, I I think that there's a little bit of like what has Georgia proven to us? What is like what has Georgia done to make us believe they are one of the best teams in the country? I'm willing to entertain the idea that Georgia has been getting in the way of Georgia. And that with a little bit of time to recalibrate, Georgia could return. Because in general, I'm with you. And I think that uh, when we did it on the expert picks, I think I took Florida as well. I just, in ter- from a locks perspective, I am a little bit nervous that they come back and they just realize that what they need to be doing is putting the ball in DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield's hands and just run right downhill at him. And Florida's really, really good at rushing the passer and creating uh, crazy plays and being, you know, fantastically athletic on defense. But you know what? What if Georgia just steps in there and wants to play big boy ball? I don't know. Hey, that, it, I'm not. I am not discounting that. I think you know there's there's a scenario where I can envision Georgia just stepping up and and becoming the team that they're supposed to be. But I think that that's just. It ain't going to happen. That ain't it's, it. it's, it's hopeful thinking. And that doesn't mean it's wrong, but it's hopeful thinking. Whereas with Florida, we've seen them go to Mississippi State in a very emotional game for that Mississippi State team and beat them. We've seen them beat LSU. You know, we've seen them, and, and the, their one loss is, is sort of uh, a Kentucky team that no one realized was that good in week two that snuck up on them in week two of a new regime. And so – I. And I, when I look at, at this Georgia team, and, and I wrote about this in my column this week, you know, their, their problem right now, if there is one, I mean, the, I mean, one of their issues, and maybe their biggest issue right now, is they're not being as disruptive as we're used to seeing a Georgia team be, or at least as, as last year was. I mean, there's no Roquan Smith, who's sort of that alpha dog of the defense. There's no one playing behind the line of scrimmage. They are 119th in the country in sacks they're 116th in the 119th in tackles for loss 116th in sacks and so if you're going to then play a florida team that basically as long as felipe franks isn't just thrown out of whack i have faith in them being able to put together a strong game plan and put their playmakers in a position to to eke out some yards find some big plays maybe a trick play here or there like they're Dan Mullen's shown a, a great inclination to just scheming up just enough with this team. And so I just look at this team and I just trust Florida more. And the fact that they can lose the game and still cover 
I mean, six and a half points is I mean, there, there's plenty of room for this to be a, a Georgia win and Florida still cover. But I think there's a really good chance Florida just goes ahead and beats them and sort of puts the stamp on this Georgia team as not what we thought preseason. Um, and so give me give me the Gators, uh, both coming off by by weeks, both going to be ready for this game. Uh, give me Mullen and, and the Gators. Tom, you got an underplay on this game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I for what it's worth, we nearly had a lock fight because I'm I'm more on Georgia minus six and a half than anything. But uh, for that, I'll say that the favorite is seven and three in the last ten meetings against the spread. But the other trend that is much more prevalent is the under. The total is set at fifty two. The under is five and two during the last seven years, but it's not so much the trend as much as just you look at the average amount of points that these teams score. In the last seven years, the average total points in this game has been 40.6 points per game. In those seven games, only once in 2014 did they combine to score more than 52. I expect that trend to continue on Saturday. I have Georgia winnings like 27 to 20. So I don't think it's going to be like, you know, a the Michigan-Michigan State kind of rock fight we saw last week. I think both of these teams are more reliable in offense than that. But I don't see them getting over 52 in this one. So I, I, I really like the under 52. Yeah. If, if Georgia wins by seven, that will sting. But if they win by like 17 or, or just – cruise to a 14 point win that was never that close then i can just say all right well then now i can recalibrate georgia and they are a different team now but they've not shown me to be that team i mean even that missouri game was a a very close game that that missouri was in the whole time even south carolina was sort of aided by some early turnovers and i just this is this is a georgia team that needs to prove it at this point and i think florida has to a certain degree yeah, I, I wonder if getting their butt kicked by LSU and then having a week off might have been what they needed. It could be. I mean, I, I absolutely could be. Yeah, that's that's where Marlene is too, uh, as well. All right, um, tough. This this one's gonna make me sweat, but I believe it is the right side. Purdue coming off a big win, going to East Lansing, Michigan State coming off that loss to Michigan. Spread sitting at uh, one and a half. Give me Sparty. Sparty minus one and a half. I uh, I don't know. Like maybe that's a D'Antonio play. Maybe it's a letdown spot. But if the it Purdue's win was something that we saw coming, I think Purdue winning back to back against Ohio State and Michigan State was not something that we would have predicted. Not, not even just before the season, like even as recently recently as a couple weeks ago, you get that win. I'm I'm gonna say that Michigan State's defense is more ready for the Rondale Moore experience. So I'm gonna take Sparty. Lock fight. Woo! Fight. So you Double think down lock fight? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fight. Fight. All right, let's go. The the standings will be significantly altered. Yeah, this is yeah, this is whoa, this is this, there's a lot on the line in this one. Okay, uh, what you got? Michigan State just isn't very good. True. And what we saw last week against Michigan was not just a byproduct of 
the Michigan defense. We saw was an exaggeration of Michigan State's offensive problems because Michigan's defense is so good. But the Michigan State offense you saw last week is the same offense you've seen from Michigan State all season long. Brian Lewerke has been a huge disappointment. They have no run game. They have no real reliable weapons at receiver. They can't move the ball. And while Purdue's defense isn't close to Michigan's defense, I still don't see the Spartans being able to do too much damage against them. And that Michigan State defense can be exploited through the air. Michigan State's defensive problem is in its secondary and defending the pass, which is one of the reasons why last week I was so confused why Michigan wasn't trying to pass more to take advantage of it. They were, but I guess they, Michigan was perfectly fine being in the, you know, slug fest that it was in with Michigan stakes. It probably figured it would win out in the long run, which is exactly what it did. Purdue is not going to be scared to test it. Purdue is going to be throwing the ball all over the field against Michigan state. The Boilermakers should be favored in this game. They are the better team than Michigan state. The, I, I agree with everything you said. The only thing I would I, I would um, call to task is Michigan State does have one really good wide receiver target, Felton Davis. Who's out? He is injured. He's, He's out. He's gone. Yeah. And this is, yeah, I mean, A, Purdue was better than Ohio State last week. There was nothing fluky about that win. They were better than Ohio State. Maybe they don't win that game seven out of ten times, but I bet they win it. I don't know, at least four. Like, I don't think I don't think that the difference in that game was was some sort of, oh, perfect storm. Uh, I mean, Purdue was pretty good. And, and I think defensively, more than anything, is, is, is an area that they really stepped up. And Michigan State is, like Tom said, they're bad. And the only touchdown they scored against Michigan was uh, they got a turnover inside the five-yard line, and then they needed a double reverse pass to the quarterback to to get in the end zone. They are not a team that I, like I'm not that impressed with that win by Michigan. Like that didn't there there nothing about that win by Michigan like up their stock for me. That was them them grinding out a win against a team that doesn't appear to be that good. And so there's a lot of reasons to think that Purdue is going to come off this one and have be a letdown spot on the road. But I think Jeff Brom is a coach that is really good at getting his team ready, whatever the situation may be. And it's not as if Michigan State is going to come in there energized after just getting absolutely whooped. And and they're going to be sore and tired from a really physical game against Michigan. In a lot of ways, Purdue, that game, you know, second half, they, they it wasn't even that close. I mean, they, they were sort of cruising. So I like Purdue here. Um a little bit scared just of the uncertainty of Michigan State's week in, week out, but I feel like Purdue's the better football team. So for the listeners, I have lost all my confidence in this pick, but in the for the integrity of this <laughs> contest, I'm going to keep my I'm going to keep my thoughts uh, with Michigan State, and uh, and and we'll see if if we're able to get. I mean, Barton, you're the person who said on this podcast multiple times, you know, just when you start uh, thinking, just just when you start doubting D'Antonio is when he gets you. Agreed. And that's why, that's the only reason why I'm just a little, that's why I'm a little scared of this. And so I think you can make a case to just blindly bet D'Antonio here to just have his team ready. But I just, I think this might just be a team that's not that good. Look, you're the one that's won 14 of your last 15 games. So I, 
Yeah, but I, I could also be serving up some sacrificial lambs for regression just to make sure that I'm in a more comfortable spot. How about that? Uh, all right. How about Clemson and Florida State? Uh, this at times has been among the you know most uh, contested games in the ACC and ACC game of the year type status. That is not the case here in 2018. We're looking at it at 17, and what Florida State showed against Miami suggests that you know they can they can raise their raise their level of play in one of these uh, big time ACC rivalry type games. But as we mentioned earlier in the show, Miami is not uh, my, Miami is not anywhere close to the same world as Clemson, and it, it's crazy to me to look at this, especially compared to last week where you're coming away with, I guess, NC State and Florida State are basically the same team, or maybe Vegas views NC State as even uh, a little bit better. Now, the Wolfpack's undefeated record probably had something to do with that in terms of setting the line for the marketplace. But I I think I like Clemson at anything up to 20 and a half. And so I'm going to go Clemson minus 17. I think they roll them. Yeah, not a lock, but I I was about to say I feel comfortable with Clemson anything up to twenty. Yeah. In addition, is is that is that mainly on the uh, the hashtag trends from uh, from certainly part of it, but I just think that this line is small. Yeah, I don't think that. I think I I think this is just if it if it was the same team but not named Florida State, I would expect Clemson's probably a twenty one point favorite in this game. Doesn't it feel like this is a Clemson team that for a while you weren't you you were leaving them sort of in that national championship conversation only in in name only and you hadn't seen it quite yet? I, yeah, and they, they finally turned it on. Yeah, I think it's on, and I don't I don't know if it's going to go off uh, the, for the rest of the season. The move from Kelly Bryant to Trevor Lawrence has had the desired effect for the Clemson. <laughs> right, right. Good job, Dabo. You made the tough, tough decision, but the right one. It's going to be a great – I mean, I, I fully expect Clemson to win, and I I would probably take your side if I had to. Um, and yet, this is going to be a great test because Florida State, as bad as their offense is, their defense is, is, is really good. And so if they if, – if Clemson – pulls another 35 to three type of win over Florida state here. Um, and their offense is clicking and does all the things they've been doing that that's a pretty strong statement to Alabama and the rest of the country. Yeah. I, I think the only real worry here is that this is since he became the actual starter, I think this is probably the first real tough road test that Lawrence has had. He's played in the tough environments. I mean, he played at Kyle Field, but he didn't start that game. So you wonder if there's the difference as far as the nerves and the preparation for such a game. But I, I still think that Clemson's going to be just fine. Um, Tom, back to you. Uh, for my next pick, we're going. This is a. Uh, this is due to my knowledge of the bad teams, thanks to my work in the bottom twenty-five. I am taking UNLV plus two and a half at San Jose State. The it's it's pretty simple logic. I don't have a bunch of stats for you as much as the fact that San Jose State, which is one of two winless teams remaining in the country, it and UTEP, should not be favored against anybody. 
I don't care if UNLV is not exactly a great team itself. It's a better team than San Jose State, and it's going to win this game. I mean, the Rebels lost Armani Rogers as a quarterback a few weeks ago, but they've adjusted and they've been able to overcome it. And like last week, and I think it was they played Air Force or I can't remember who they played last week, but they they played well. This is an yeah, it's an offense that's moving the ball and able to you know score points and it's going to score more points than San Jose state. So if I'm getting two and a half points with it, I'll take them, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise against just taking the rebels straight up on the money line. If you want. And they covered against the air force, by the way. Yes, they did. I, I, I have no comment on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for the record. <laughs> All right. I was, I was, I was leaving it for you. I mean, I didn't know if you, uh, if you, if you specifically had one that you wanted to get in. I, I do not. I admire Fernelli's, um, Fernelli's thoroughness and 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 his picks across college football. I just I have, I, I can't add anything there. Um. All right. Well, I will take us to uh principal play. Houston, South Florida, under seventy five. Nah. Nah. Don't want it. And I understand, Tom. I saw I. I, I understand that there are, might be some some reverberations from that Houston Navy loss with no no tackles and no US... tackles and Ed Alver might not be playing. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I see seventy five. I'm going under. Principal play. Actually, that was the first word I said out loud this morning <laughs> to to an empty house. I said principal. <laughs> and that was <laughs> and that was uh how I introduced myself uh to the Palatial Patterson Studios as I was doing my preparation for the show. <laughs> so uh, yeah, my, under 75 Houston USF. Let's go. My my final lock is on this game as well. But it's going to make you hiss. Why? Cuz it's an over? No, cuz I'm on South Florida plus 7. What? Oh. <sighs> Here's the thing. Very, I you know we've we've adopted the principle of fading USF, but USF has been a favorite every week. This is the first time it's an underdog, and I understand why it's an underdog because it should be an underdog. This is a team that has pretty much struggled to beat everybody it's beaten, even though it's undefeated. It has not had. Aside, I think for maybe its season opener, I can't. I think they played an FCS team in the opener. But aside from that game, they have not had an easy win over anybody. They have not had an easy win over Tulsa, East Carolina, UMass, Illinois. They're, these are bad to really bad teams, and they didn't kill them last week. They made UConn look extremely competent, and UConn's an awful football team. But. They're not that much worse than Houston. They are not a touchdown worse than Houston, particularly with Ed Oliver's status being in extreme doubt. Charlie Strong, if Charlie Strong does anything and has shown at USF, they ugly the game up, but they never blow anybody out, nor do they ever get blown out. If we look back to last season, USF was in a very similar situation all year long. Remember, it nearly lost to Stony Brook. Yet at the end of the year, when it played UCF, it was right there with one of the best teams in the country, a team that many people thought should have been in the playoff, and it nearly pulled off the upset in that game. I think they'll be able to go on the road against a Houston team, which that, to be honest, 
I don't have a ton of faith in. I saw I watched that defense last week. That defense is not good. Ed Oliver is great. Everybody else is pretty not good. So I don't see I can't trust that defense to cover a touchdown spread against this USF team. And I just think that USF's defense, while not amazing, will be able to at least keep the Houston offense in check. So I think Houston wins this game, but I think it's like a 35-31 kind of win. I think the bull, I, I have the Bulls covering. It's it's my final lock of the week. Lock fight. Yes! Fight, 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 fight. Wow. A, dude, this is a bloody week, man. There are a lot of <laughs> we are at each other's throats this What's week. What's going on, guys? God. I love uh, it. Yeah, this is – look, man. I have been I have I am leading the charge for Fade USF University of Southern Fade and Houston <laughs> is not the team I'm going to stop fading USF with. Sterling Gilbert is in the Art Bryles coaching tree. He's playing against Kendall Bryles who is like one of the top branches. He's like he's he's, he's at the roots of the thing. He's a Bryles uh, that Charlie Strong has been look. I respect Charlie Strong as a coach, and I and he seems like a great guy. But USF's been fraudulent now for two years, and Houston. I've I've thought all year that this is the best team in the AAC, and I think this is their opportunity on at home to sort of I think they create a big game environment, and I think that they they show up. And I think they're a better team. I think they're a lot better team. And so I don't think USF's going to be able to keep pace. And while Ed Oliver is a big piece of the equation for Houston, they've got other players on defense. And they're and I think they're a better team against more of a finesse offense than they are against a team like Navy, who's running right at them. So I I, I like Houston here. I just I can't turn my back on on a principal and, and it's in its time of need i'm going houston over you university of south fade <sighs> navy plus 24 wrong really not a lock but you're wrong oh man <laughs> oh man this is this is a tense pod this week <laughs> i this this is a this is a prime notre dame win by 10 spot no it's not if Notre Dame wasn't coming off a bye, I would agree with you. But Notre Dame's coming off a bye after a close call against Pitt. They they had their scare. Now they got a bye to get their the week to get extra prepared for an offense that they see every year. I know, I know. And Navy is awful. The Saint Navy of the last few years we're thinking of. This is an awful Navy team with no. I'm sorry. It's not a lock. Because the spread's too big for me to lock it up as a favorite, but I just don't think you're going to win this one. <laughs> All right. So, seven-point game last year. One-point Navy win the year before. Uh, 17-point win the year before that. 10-point win the year before that. Four-point win. Okay, we haven't had... Uh, this spread has not been covered in this series since 2012, 50-10 Notre Dame in Dublin. You're saying it's going to be like that? Yeah. 56-14. Mm. You know, the the 
Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee, if there's one thing I know about him, he is very detail oriented. And with two weeks to to prepare, uh, a detailed guy like that, I would expect has that squad ready. I I've got I've also got Notre Dame in my expert picks for CBS. Um, Twenty four. It is. It, I mean, it's just a startling number. I agree. Think of it kind of like last week with what happened with Clemson and NC State, Chip. What did you think of that spread when you first saw it? Ah. Uh. So so I'm going I'm going right back to the same well ready to get burned again basically. There's there's a reason it's that large and honestly it should probably be larger. Wow. But they're trying to get even action. <sighs> All right. I'm not watching Notre Dame lose by 10. I mean <laughs> I I I think that you know if if Navy covers, I might be on a fade Notre Dame train the rest of the season. I wouldn't blame you, but if that happens, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, listen, Navy's offense, I think, will have some success. It's just that defense has shown me absolutely nothing in the games that I have watched this year to make me think that it's going to stop Notre Dame more than once. Unless Notre Dame turns the ball over on a fumble, I don't see them punting more than once or twice in this entire game. Wow. Because there is not a part of the Navy defense that matches up well with anything Notre Dame does on offense. They can't they can't stop the run and they can't stop the pass. And I feel like if you can't stop one of them, your defense is going to have a lot of problems. The actual Navy will be necessary for improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Tense pod. Love it. This is wow. This is a brutal, brutal, bloody pod. <laughs> um man, I'm I'm even like tempted to leave some of these la- hey Barton, you how many more do you have? I have two more. Okay. Yeah, give me go ahead and go with one of them and, and I might decide to pack it up instead of throwing a last log on the fire. Uh, <laughs> just you're just too too bloodied and beaten to to, to go into the fray again. Uh, I have two overs to close the pod. Boo. Boo. Yeah, get out of here, chumps. We're going over 53 in Washington State, Stanford. Mm. Um, I like this number here. They finally saw some value. Look at what Stanford's done against offenses that can actually score. Uh, it gave up 31 to Oregon, gave up 38 to Notre Dame, it gave up 40 to Utah. Uh, they're giving up 250 passing yards per game. This is this is not a secondary that is locking people down. Uh, Washington State is. I'm not. I'm not totally confident in them winning this game because I do think. But I I do think that this turns into a little bit of a shootout. Um, this just isn't the Stanford that's like grinding out games and, and, you know, physically overpowering people on the line of scrimmage. I think this will be played more at Washington state's pace, uh, or at least or their style. And I like the over 53 to hit chip. I mean, you're not wrong that it's probably going to be played more at Washington State's pace, and a 53 number is probably pretty low when you think about Washington State's offense. But I'm, I am, I just 
just so disgusted at the idea of taking it over. <laughs> just just repulsed. Uh, and, of course, I'm saying that as somebody who cashed uh, one or two overs like two weeks ago. So uh, I wish I wish you luck there. I think I think that game's really interesting. I'm scared away from the side because I think I think that this is the Stanford win and a Stanford cover where we look up at the end of the year and this Cardinal team that is just like never looked excellent ends up in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, that would be that would be college football for you. Um Okay. One last one. Do it. The fight in Larry Fedora's plus nine at UVA. Oh. You son of a How could you go against my who's? Because nine points is a lot of points to cover when you're Virginia. My who's chip, my who's. I know, your who's. Um no, this is like North Carolina is really, really good at losing close games. Like maybe the best in the country since the start of the last season. I think they I think that they are definitively the best team in the country at losing close games. So I would argue Eastern Michigan is the best team in the country at losing close games. Oh, so should I throw Army Pickham on the fire too? Uh Army was nearly a lock for me, yeah. Okay, let's go. Army pick. <laughs> <laughs> If Barton's gonna come to a lock fighting podcast with a heavy card, I'll I'll meet you. The, I'll meet you halfway. This is by far the heaviest, the most high volume card for the the syndicate of the year. It appears to me. Big swings, oh, yeah. big swings happening. Um, yeah, I mean, so the I feel like Army wins this game, and that's a uh, that yeah. I'm just siding with the troops here. Has Eastern Michigan uh, has Eastern I, Michigan done anything, Tom, to to register on your uh, on your deep in in the you know deep in the bucket of college football to to make you believe that they would be a, a side to be confident in right here? Than, no, Army. Other than beat Purdue, Army is a team that like like I said, this was this was on my card. It got cut off, so I'm I'm with you on Army. Although you know, maybe you're a little too troops heavy with the Navy there, but I think Army is the good play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Barton, back to you. Okay, last last game of the week uh, for me, and let's let's just be clear here. I don't I don't make this play with a you know, overwhelming amount of confidence, but it's just something that I couldn't stay away from. I've got to be involved in this, and I, there's only one side to go. I am going over UMass UConn. And it's already dipped. What number are you locking in at? Uh, let me see. Where, where, what's the last? I'm seeing. Uh, oh wow! I'm. Oh hell, hell yeah! Give me this. So I'm seeing sixty. What do we got? Sixty-six. Is it down that far? Hold on. Um, because uh, I'm seeing it sixty-five and a half. Even. I don't. I mean, I'll take it, but I don't. Is it that far down? All right, so I can't find it. Where the hell? It's it's number one forty-seven. Shout out! Oh yeah, it is at 
Yeah, it's at 66 and a half, 66. It's at 65 and a half some places. I would wow. I'll, I'll give you 65 and a half. Wow, that that this this line has moved since we've been on this pod. Because I pulled up it, it was 68, 69 and a half an hour and a half ago. Let's see. Let me look at something here. Oh, it definitely has. 69 and a half still at the wind. The wind is late to react. It has Uh, dropped significantly in the last two hours. This is sort of spooking me, boys. I don't know what's going on. Is is there some quarterback that got injured or something? No, man. Get it. Just get it. You're getting the buyback. I'm getting it. Yes. Look, UConn. Oh, I see what it is. What is it? Hurricane or something? <laughs> Currently, fifteen to sixteen mile an hour winds and light rain. Uh, look, all right. Everyone's <laughs> been warned. They know the weather condition. They know that this is not number one on my card, but this is a lock. This is going on the records. I am picking the over. Principally speaking, a team that gives up nine point two three yards per play defensively playing a team that gives up 6.79 yards per play defensively, who's going to stop who? And UMass's offense isn't that bad. And UConn's offense, when it's able to, to play within itself and actually like institute the quarterback run game and not play catch-up all game, it's not that bad. So I'm going to play the over. And I don't care what anybody says or what wonders are out there. <laughs> I am playing the over. And I'm going to enjoy this hit. Listen, I am, I am fine with there being <laughs> – animosity between the three of us but don't you dare attack the <laughs> uh, uh, um, so what are we locking this in at like 65 or something yeah i'll give it to you 65 and a half shop around folks always shop around um all right so let's let me as i'm as, as i'm calling this out let's see if we can uh let's see if we can identify where the where the lock fights are okay <clears throat> so tom's card under 59 and a half in Oklahoma State, Texas. Under 50 in Boston College, Miami. Texas A&M plus two and a half. Wake Forest plus two and a half. Under 52 in Florida, Georgia. Purdue plus one and a half. There's a lock fight. Uh, UNLV plus two and a half. And USF plus seven. So your lock fights right now are uh, Purdue, Michigan State, and the Houston, let's see. Houston, yeah, Houston, USF. USF. Okay. Barton's card. Oklahoma State plus three and a half. That's a lock fight. That's a lock fight with me. Boston College plus three and a half. The under 44 and a half in Mississippi State, Texas A&M. The over 65 and three overs in Louisville, Wake Forest, uh, Florida plus six and a half. Purdue plus one and a half, also in on that lock fight. Houston minus seven, as we mentioned before. The over 53 in Washington State, Stanford, and the over 65 in UMass, UConn. All right. So that's that's three pretty three pretty big lock fights here. Like this. Um Chips guard. Texas minus three and a half in that lock fight. 
Colorado State minus two, fade Wyoming. Wake Forest plus two and a half. That's a lock agreement with Tom. Michigan State minus one and a half. The lock fight, as we mentioned. Clemson minus 17. The under 75 in Houston, USF. Uh, Navy plus 24. The uh, the wrong pick in the words of Tom Fernelli. Uh, UNC plus nine. Uh, probably the wrong pick in the words of Chip Patterson. And Army pick them uh, against Eastern Michigan. Man. Wow. Wow, this is going to be. I'm glad I'm home. It's going to tear this pot apart this weekend. <laughs> All these fights. Hey, hey, Tom, were you? I'm shocked you didn't play under BYU Northern Illinois. That just felt like a play you were going to have on your card. Uh yeah, it was on there. It's it's a little too low, I think, though, because I, I I think that the BYU offense is they've made a change this week at quarterback, but I, I think that that offense is good enough to get over there. I was also tempted to play Illinois plus 18. Would that that have been a smart move based on your uh, boots on the ground? I think so. I think that that spreads a little too big. What about that 52? I I think that's the only log that didn't end up getting thrown on there for me. For the total there, under or over? Under. Uh, The only reason I'm concerned or I didn't lock up either Illinois in the spread or that under is Illinois had five turnovers last week. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I don't, you know, they they had really they had really positive turnover numbers at the beginning of the season, and I don't know if maybe maybe last week was just the one course correction, or if things are coming back. There's instability at the QB position. I think MJ Rivers will be the starter going forward, but I don't know for sure. But I just think that the spread's a little too big, and the total might be a little too high. I'm just not confident enough to lock either up. Gentlemen, the other one, the other oh, one that I almost went with was FIU minus three and a half. It was just a little off brand, a little too group of five E for my taste. And then <laughs> the uh, the the dentist uh, teaser of the week is A and M plus eight, Florida plus thirteen. If anybody wants to keep on cleaning their teeth with some picks, yeah, and and all my locks are unders or dogs, which is very on brand, but. If you're looking, a couple of favorites that I nearly had on the card, but I kind of left off because they were favorites, and also they are in games that aren't exactly, you know, enticing. I've got Southern Miss minus seven and a half against Charlotte, and the other one was Middle Tennessee minus four against Old Dominion. Ah, are you fading ODU after their ridiculous uh, win against Western Kentucky? No, I just think that Middle Tennessee is being very undervalued with that spread. Wow. You know, I, I I try very hard to cover as much of this sport as possible, but I don't think I could confidently tell you here on October 25th that Middle Tennessee is or isn't being overvalued. It's all it's all statistically based, so you know it's not like I have to actually watch the games. <laughs> Thank goodness for your eyes. Uh, you can follow him. At Tom Fernelli, you can follow him at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love hearing back from you and, and continuing that conversation. Please subscribe uh, and review and rate us. We try and give you five-star content, and uh, we would like five stars in return. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. Fight, 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 fight.